All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hello, America, and welcome back to the Monday edition of John Solomon Reports. I hope your weekend was great. I hope you stored up some energy, because guess what? You're going to have to buckle your seatbelt in a second. Returning to the show today is my good friend and one of the most important national security thinkers in the country right now when it comes to homeland security, the border. John Zadrozny is joining us. He's the former Homeland Security Advisor at the White House under Donald Trump, really one of the most important thinkers about the border, about immigration, about security, about terrorism, about protecting the homeland. He gives it to you straight, and we're going to spend the whole show with him here today talking about some pretty amazing things. And let me just prepare you as we go to, we're going to take a quick commercial break, we'll get right to John, but just think about this. You're going to hear this directly from John in a couple of minutes. You've heard about the Yemeni connected man who was tied to terrorism that almost got across the border. He was wearing a paramedic's jacket from New York State. A lot of concerns about the modus operandi change, terrorists trying to sneak in the back door with our big open border. You also heard about the synagogue hostage taker, the man who was killed last weekend. And those are big security concerns. You go, wow, you know, that, this is why we got to pay attention, why an open border is not a great idea. Well, I got another one for you. John is going to walk you through this in a second. You ready for this? There are illegal immigrants being put on planes today. And we, we've walked you through some of the tactics that the government and nonprofits are using to get these people across the country when they don't have the proper IDs that you and I are required to have when we get on a plane. But here's one that'll be a kicker. You may or may not believe us, but this is true. Homeland Security, Transportation Security Administration is now allowing illegal immigrants who don't have the proper form of ID to use their arrest warrant they're warned saying you should be arrested for being illegally in the country, rounded up and sent out. They're using that as a form of identification to let you get on the plane and get to the interior of the country. I'm not making this up. John Zadrazny is going to walk us through that in just a few minutes. That's why you want to stay tuned. We'll take a quick commercial break. When we come back, one of the great homeland security experts in our country, John Zadrazny, joins us in just a second. 
Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, Thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. I'm so excited to have this next guest on. Every time he comes on, we learn something really valuable about our security, about our border, about our security posture. Joining me right now is the current director of America First uh, Policy Institute Center for Homeland Security and Immigration. Before that, a key advisor on all things Homeland Security to President Trump. And before that, Senator Ted Cruz and others in Congress. Joining me right now, my good friend, John Zadrozny. John, good to have you back on. Hey, John, it's great to be back. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. And um, 
uh, you just before we got on air here, you pointed out something that literally knocked me over. You could knock me over with a feather after I saw this, but I want to get your reaction to it. The TSA is now allowing illegal migrants who don't have the IDs that you and I would need to get on a flight to use their arrest warrants as a form of ID. Uh, Is that true? And what's your reaction to it? John, it appears to be true, and you really can't make this stuff up, and it's, it's tragic in so many ways. I mean, in some ways, to me, it's one of the most dangerous things we've heard in a time of dangerous things. You literally have a federal agency saying, we are so desperate to let illegal aliens travel about the country and have the ability to do what they want that we'll let them use an arrest warrant to board a plane. Now, I think about that on several levels. That's insane. First of all, you and I couldn't do that. That's not, right. Not, not that I, I also wouldn't be stupid enough if I had an arrest warrant out to use it as a means <laughs> yeah. to get on a plane, uh, because I'm pretty sure they'd call law enforcement. But like the idea that somehow that's a viable ID, um, also it raises the question, why isn't TSA calling law enforcement to have someone who presents an arrest warrant picked up? Yeah. Um, it, 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 what have they done? <laughs> are they violent people? Do they have criminal records that are of concern? Do they have weapons? Do they get screened the same way we did? Maybe their screening process is different, too. Uh, it's, it's just insane. But it's also in keeping with this administration's forced, refu- forced decline on immigration enforcement and just general intent to glut the border. Uh, they don't really have any interest in security. And so we can have an, a theoretical conversation about what our immigration should look like, what legislation we need to pass. This isn't that. This is just a total abdication on the public safety obligation of the federal government to make sure dangerous people aren't traveling in our airways. It's just stunning. And when you, you know, we had uh, Congressman Gooden on the show about a month, month and a half ago, and we went through this little packet that the U.S. government and the nonprofits work. They get basically a, a Disney Cruise concierge package uh, after you illegally cross our border. Uh, you get a lawyer, you get a letter to the TSA saying, letting this person come on. Uh, and you just have to wonder. I mean, this to me, if this was the Sonola cartel, we would be charging them with human trafficking, but because it's our government and the nonprofits that work with them, they, there seems to be no consequence. Is this a form of human trafficking, what you're seeing? It absolutely is. In fact, I'd go further, John. I would say that and this is something that we're trying to get out there in the next few months, which needs to be noticed. This is, after all, Human Trafficking Month, um, that the United States government is subsidizing and facilitating human smuggling and trafficking. You could almost say with complete honesty that the U.S. government is a taxpayer-subsidized final leg of a human trafficking journey for a lot of these people, and they're basically collaborating in a business model with the cartels to help them achieve their business success. Because you couldn't do this without the federal government on this end facilitating their transaction. If you take a step back and think about it like a business, customers would be very unhappy if the reality is they're paying all this money to get to the Mexican border, Mexico-U.S. border, and then there's a dead stop because right. our government is doing its job. Right. But we don't want to hurt the cartel's business. I mean, it might be the only business that's doing well in Joe Biden's America. Um, and so we are helping them facilitate that transaction. In fairness, I will say we had a heck of a time dealing with this in the Trump administration, and still we're not completely successful because there's a small army of people in the federal bureaucracy who are okay with human trafficking for a bunch of different reasons. But yes, we are facilitating that. We are helping it. We are we are making the cartels great again. And uh, the only solution really is people who actually take their public safety obligations seriously. Yeah, it is a stunning moment in history. And just think of that. If you have an arrest warrant as your form of ID, you've done something criminal. And yet we're going to say that's a good reason to go put you on a plane and sit you next to me or my mother, my brother, my sister, whatever. 
how crazy is that? It, it is such a stunning, stunning revelation. I want to ask you about some other things about the state of security at the border. You've been one of the great architects of when we've been most secure at the border, how to do things right. There have been two incidents that really, um, I think, caught our attention in the last month. In, uh, I think it was early December, a a man with suspected ties to Yemeni terrorists, al-Qaeda terrorists in Yemen, uh, was stopped at the border, thankfully, by the good work of the Customs and Border Patrol. But they, um, he was wearing an Oneida County, New York paramedics jacket, trying to disguise himself as a first responder, a good guy who should be allowed across the border. It says something about the sophistication of the terrorists trying to get across our border. And then we see this horrible synagogue incident in Texas. Hostages taken, thankfully rescued, but almost a near violent incident. And this man, we find out, is a British citizen who got into the country right after Christmas, even though there were 20 years of red flags going all the way back to 2001. This guy's been talking about extremist wishes and and ideology and uh, visions and dreams he had about harming America. What do those two incidents say about our posture, security posture in America right now? Oh, John, they, they're terrifying and they say all bad things. The way I would put it is this. You've got um, the gentleman who basically, like you said, has a long intelligence record. Foreign authorities had flagged, I, I assume flagged for us, um, these issues and or this individual was on our radar in our own capacity. Clearly, this guy was someone who shouldn't have been allowed to enter. And yet he did. And he was his, by the way, took those hostages in an attempt to release Afia Siddiqui, who is a major yeah. al-Qaeda operative, was responsible for, was planning, she was, my understanding is she was intricately involved in plots ranging from releasing Ebola in the U.S. to uh, taking down the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, she was convicted of attempted murder for while being interrogated in the field trying to steal a rifle and shoot armed service members. Um, she's a horrible person. And this guy went to a temple and held hostages in a temple to try and get her released. Um, and so it's radical Islam is real. It continues to be real. Pretending it doesn't exist is not going to save anyone's lives. And um, those people who would do us harm in the name of Islam or any other faith for that matter, they know our border is Swiss cheese. And they, of course, are going to use it. Uh, the gentleman with the Oneida jacket also shows that it's not just happenstance that people are trying to get in who knows if this individual we don't have access to classified information was he part of a larger plot were there three other guys who crossed over in ems jackets from other counties across the country that day and they didn't get caught these these are problems in isolation in a time when we were in charge or where people who were responsible for public safety and national security actually took the border threat seriously i'd have a little more confidence that we were catching all of these people uh, or at least most of them. But it's pretty apparent that in an environment where you have a porous border, where you're inviting a lot of people to come and you're not really interested in who most of them are, statistics dictate that a larger percentage of these dangerous people are going to get through. And so, yeah, I'm glad we caught these individuals. I'm glad we stopped the, the shooter at the, at the synagogue. Um, but the question remains, who has gotten through that we haven't seen? What are they doing? Uh, and the only way to solve this is actually have border security, actually complete the wall, actually empower the Border Patrol to make arrests and actually prevent people from entering who shouldn't be entering the country. Right now, John, I believe that we're somewhere, depending on who you believe, between 2 and 2.5 million entrants into the United States last year. Mm. That's already on top of the 20 to 30 million likely illegal aliens who were here pre-Biden. So yeah. um, unless we start taking this seriously, we're going to see things along those lines continue, if you recall. Uh, we had one major radical Islamist terrorist attack 
uh, per year during Obama's eight years. There were eight of them. And uh, Joe Biden's behind the curve. He's got to catch up. So this was the first. And we'll see how many more we see. I hope we don't see any, but I'm worried that we will. Yeah, it's a great fear. No matter, almost every security expert I've talked to in the last three or four months has that really heavy pit in their stomach that um, we've allowed enough loosus in the system that something bad is going to happen. And uh, that would be a tragedy after all the gains that we've made in security and all the learnings we've gotten since 9-11. It's hopefully something that doesn't happen, but the worry seems to be growing. I want to take you to another worry. We have been suffering for quite some time with the supply chain uh, shortage. Uh, President Biden tried to make light of it yesterday, but you go to a store and you see empty shelves, you you know there's a supply chain shortage. Uh, this weekend, the uh, Homeland Security implemented a new provision uh, that requires all truckers bringing food across from Mexico to have proof of vaccination. Now, they don't have the same requirement for those illegal immigrants that they're putting on the plane next to you, but uh, they are requiring this of the truckers any concern that that provision is going to exacerbate shortages, uh, reduce the number of truckers who can bring food into the United States? What, what's the, your outlook on that? I mean, the answer, John, is absolutely it's going to impact things in a bad way. And it's really remarkable to me uh, how the, the lack of outrage of Joe Biden's uh, Sovietization of our supermarkets and our economy uh, like I, I've never seen anything like this other than in video footage of the Soviet Union yeah. uh, where you the walk into lines. a store. Yeah. And I really, to me, what I get worried about is it seems like, in keeping with the theme of everything we've seen not being some sort of Keystone Cops disaster, but intentional, I do think this is intentional. I think there's a desire to have people more dependent. I think there is a desire to have a weaker economy so people turn to government for a paycheck. Um, and the, the whole issue of truckers being required to be vaccinated when we have illegal aliens with God knows what and arrest warrants on planes. I mean, U.S. citizens are officially second class citizens in Joe Biden's America. And I'm just I, I I know there's outrage among many people. I just wish there was more of it. It's amazing to me that there isn't. Um, and I can't imagine that this is something that's going to be well received. I mean, I think that in the grand scheme of things, I think this is all going to catch up with the Democrat Party here and Joe Biden and the Biden yeah, administration. It seems um, as though but it, it really is already we just we we need no yeah we'll we'll see but yeah. it really comes down to like we are unsafe and we don't have access to goods anymore and it it's amazing how quickly the things we thought we had could slip away it's like reagan's quote um uh, and i'm gonna i don't have the exact quote in my head i should have had it but basically where he says you know we're only one generation away from losing all that we've got and we're there now and we have to fight like heck to make sure that we don't lose it yeah, such a very important lesson. We've got to remember that every day. The, the, the laissez-faire nature of this administration seems to be a Russian roulette wheel there that could at any moment blow up. Um, there was some really interesting data released by Syracuse University's Transactional Records Access Clearinghouse. That's a group I've worked with for many years. They just gather data and analyze it and make it available to journalists. And this is what they found. A record 1.6 million people are now caught up in a backlog in the U.S. immigration court, meaning they're in the country, but their cases have no chance of being heard anytime soon. So the idea that we're going to deport a lot of people is decreasing because the backlog just keeps getting better and bigger and bigger and bigger. But here's the big thing. There's a lot of rhetoric. And, and one of the things that DHS said last fall is, hey, don't worry, we're changing our priorities for immigration enforcement. And we're going to try to arrest those immigrants 
that pose the greatest threat to our national security, public safety, and border security. So it sounded great when they said it. Well, maybe they're going to get on the, the, the schneid here and actually do something. But what the, what the track center found was that only 1% of the cases brought by ICE after they made that announcement involved anyone with suspected or alleged criminal activity. In, in other words, they weren't focused on the national security, public safety, and border security threats. This um, this backlog, this inability to get the people who are potentially most threatening to our security or safety, uh, is it how big a crisis has this administration created on this front? Well, uh, John, you know, I think uh, maybe the FBI and DHS are just too busy tracking down domestic terrorists at yeah. uh, school board meetings to yeah. focus on uh, radical Islam and counterterrorism. Uh, and uh, on the on the arrests, um, there are two problems here. One is that you're right when you when you create a program that basically limits, uh, like hyper limits what the ICE agents can do in terms of enforcement, you're really preventing them from enforcing the law at all because they're not really. It's it's like in the Obama administration they had what they called the Priority Enforcement Program. It was basically the same thing, where they said we're going to focus ICE's enforcement efforts on the most dangerous people. But the reality is what they actually did was they just uh, made so much bureaucracy on top of the ICE agents' discretionary authorities yep. that you had to get five approvals from supervisors, and then you had to talk to the head of the agency. And by the time you've gone through all of those loops, you're basically not able to remove anyone. And uh, whereas most of the time the ICE agents, they'll conduct operations, they'll they'll stumble upon someone who might be illegally in the country, and then they'll discover they have a criminal record. The discretionary authority they have, the flexibility they have to encounter people who should be removed, who might be dangerous, is basically killed when you have to go through all those layers. And what it eventually does is it just crushes initiative. And ICE agents are just not going to get crosswise with their yeah. leadership, which doesn't actually want them to it's do their not job. not worth all the aggravation and, and the risk that it might involve. Correct. And I know I, I have gotten to know some really good men and women in the uh, Department of Homeland Security, particularly in ICE. Uh, they all want to do their job. The, the political leadership at the top, and I, I say this respectfully, but it wasn't just theirs. It was some of the people that we put in leadership positions were perfectly comfortable uh, not doing as much as they should. And we found the rank and file, though, they want to do their jobs. They want dangerous people removed. Um, and ICE has a lot of other issues. But when you start layering bureaucracy on top of that, you're just never going to get anyone removed. But that's what they want. They don't want anyone removed. They want a critical mass for amnesty, John, come hell or high water. Yep, that's exactly what they're building. And and that may come with a heavy, heavy security cost, God forbid. Um, one of the great things about the America First Policy Institute is that you don't only highlight problems. You guys are always building policy solutions so that there's something in place. Republicans have a good chance of taking the Congress back. Uh, my last question to you is, what can a Republican Congress with a Democratic president potentially do to try to resolve some of these security and immigration issues that are posing such a great weight of concern in America? I know you've been thinking through a lot of solutions and you put a lot of great ones in place when you were working with President Trump. Well, there's a lot that could be done. I mean, one thing I would recommend for any any congressman out there who wants to make a dent, but for what it's worth, we have been working with some on the side who are very interested and already pushing in good directions. But um, for those who are interested, there's a lot of stuff that we did at the regulatory level that 
Um, we did because we had no choice because we weren't able to get new legislation to fix things, right. but we believed we could fix things with regulations. Honestly, one of the easiest things a member could do that who wants to make a difference is go take a look at some of those regs and just codify them, put them into bills. Everything from remain in Mexico to safe third country is worth putting into place. And anything that will basically make it clear you can't come in unless you have a valid asylum claim and we're just not going to let you in just because you show up uh, will make a dent in the volume issue. Um, I, I think Congress should also, this might sound counterintuitive, but I think one of the things they could do is find a way to empower states to conduct enforcement yep. um, under the auspices of federal law through an interstate compact or something, because I think that's actually a one way to sort of depoliticize enforcement. When you take it away from the ability of a, an alley Mayorkas to walk in and say, okay, everybody stand down. You can't do that when there's an interstate compact that, for example, lets states enforce immigration law, collect DNA information and share it with the FBI and so on. Um, there's, the problem is there's too many things to do, but a good start is just making sure that Congress takes as much, assuming there's a Republican Congress starting in 2023, pass all of these things and shove them down the president's throat and force him to veto them and use it in the future. I mean, I have no delusions that Joe Biden would sign any of this. Right. But it's, it's a good time to work the bugs out of good ideas and build coalitions and push toward 24. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago, back in the early 2000s, Joe Biden talked about the border as a security risk, and he was on the right side of a lot of these issues. And it's amazing how captive he's become to a small vocal minority in his party today. And that contrast is, is amazing. I go back 10, 15 years, and Joe Biden talked an entirely different game when it came to the border. It's, uh, it's pretty remarkable. John, real quickly, how do people follow the good work that you're doing at AFPI? Well, thank you, John. Uh, we are, uh, if you want to come check us out, uh, again, I'm the director of the Center for Homeland Security and Immigration, and uh, I work with other wonderful people who cover everything from election integrity to foreign policy and everything in between. Um, we are at AmericaFirstPolicy.com, AmericaFirstPolicy.com. Please come over and check us out. All right, John, it's always an honor to have you on this program. We always learn so much about what's right and wrong and how we can fix it. And uh, I just love having you on the show. I'm sure we're going to get you back real soon. Thanks for having me, John. Uh, have me on, John. Take care. All right, sir. Have a good one. Folks, we're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. 
Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, how about that? What a show. So glad John could join us today. I think you learned a lot. I can't get over. I'm still thinking about, really, I'm still thinking about the idea that a a legal immigrant can present to a TSA officer to get on a plane a document that says, arrest me. I'm illegally here. I should be deported from the country. How insane have things gotten in this country? If you don't like that, talk to your member of Congress. Talk to your senator. Something has to be done to change this system because we're going to wake up one day like we did last Saturday into Sunday and see a tragic event unfold before our eyes like we did in the Dallas-Fort Worth area when that gentleman, that British citizen with a 20-year history of terrorism and extremism concerns in Britain, in America, got into the country, took a rabbi and his congregation hostage, and it nearly ended with incredibly tragic circumstances. Fortunately, the hostages weren't harmed, though the man himself was killed. We're going to have more of those unless we get this border immigration security system better in place. I think that's the message I took from John Zadrosny today. Hope you did too. All right, folks, that wraps it up. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bike. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and ZPAC. The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events. And you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.